Welcome to Super and Lois the New Adventures. I am Tom. And I'm Zach. And we're here to talk all about Superman and Lois, CW's show that is very rapidly reaching a finale. We are now at the penultimate episode to talk about, discuss episode 14, The Eradicator. But we've got a little bit of news to get into first. We finally have details on the season one Blu-ray and something called the DVD have been announced. <laughs> it is going to be releasing October 19th, which is a busy time for Superman fans. It's the same as same day as the Smallville Complete Series Blu-ray. It's a week after Superman the Animated Series Complete Series Blu-ray, which was just announced. So a pretty exciting time for Superman on TV. Not to mention Lois and Clark was just remastered for HBO Max. So an expensive and exciting time. Yes, expensive. A lot of money going to be flying out of a lot of pockets. Um, but yeah, this is it's cool to know that it's coming out physically. And that, that definitely means that uh, people who have not been able to watch it because of where they're located in the world should definitely be able to get it this way. I would hope they should be able to get this shipped to them as a as a last resort to watch it somehow. Yeah, that is something. I know there's still not a UK date. I would guess that's going to HBO Max. Mm-hmm. If I don't even know if HBO Max is in the UK yet, but and there's other locations. But the good news about Warner Brothers is 99-ish percent of the time, their Blu-rays are region-free. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about uh, what region your Blu-ray player is or anything like that, uh, which some companies do. I will say I'm, I was kind of hoping for a physical 4K release. I was yeah. holding out hope for that. We know the show is shot. If you look at IMDb, which may or may not be accurate, that it it, it is finished. It says that it's finished in 4K, so mm-hmm. you'd hope there would be a 4K release. I know it's not still not very popular for TV shows, but I, I was kind of hoping for that just for the best possible quality. But the 1080p stream looks good, and Blu-ray should look, look even better without compression or anything like that if you're still into physical media. Oh, yeah. That's, it should be the best-looking version we, we have seen yet, I think. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of price, the, the list price, the SRP for the Blu-ray plus digital copy is $30, and the DVD is 25 And that I don't know, that might come down before release date, or there's always sales and everything like that. Yeah, so save yourself $25 and buy a Blu-ray player and then get the Blu-ray. So it will be more expensive, but I, <laughs> I would say it's definitely worth it to get Blu-ray. Well, $5 more for Blu-ray, plus it comes with a digital right. copy. <laughs> I mean, no judgment here if you get the DVD, I understand, but the value. One interesting thing from the press release is it said that it was featuring, quote, featuring never-before-seen extended versions of all 15 action-packed episodes from the first season. Yeah, so I, I don't know if there's going to be even more extended scenes than what they have and because all of the streaming versions are quote-unquote extended if they are going to be extended it has some extra stuff in there but it maybe there is some even more extra things we haven't seen yet yeah if if it's not a new extended version that's some terrible wording because it says never before seen so never before seen if you're on the cw yeah there's the extended versions that you can stream but yeah i would i don't i would be surprised if there are actually extended er versions of these but, yeah, the wording makes it sounds like that's the case, but I'm not really expecting it. Yeah, me either. And in terms of bonus features, there's Superman Alien Spirit, Superman and Lois Legacy of Hope, which is that special that aired after the pilot yep. on the CW. Uh, Never Alone, Heroes and Allies, that sounds like a generic CW superhero thing that is probably going to be on all the season box sets. I'm just guessing. Yeah. And then there's the DC fandom panel for Superman and Lois. Yep, some cool stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff we've already seen or can probably watch in other place, but it's it's nice to have it all together. Yeah, not not a tremendous list. Uh, bonus yeah. features are kind of going away. Uh, no audio, no 
audio commentaries, episode commentaries or anything like that, which is usually one of my favorite things on these, but those are mm-hmm. really going away. So Superman Alien Spirit seems like the only real new thing. Don't mm-hmm. know what that is or how long it'll be, but at least there's some stuff on here. Yeah. And for HBO Max subscribers in the US, it will be streaming August 20th. And then uh, another piece of news we got, Keisha Sharp is going to direct a season two episode of Superman and Lois, according to the deadline. So she's an actress that you might know from Lethal Weapon or Empire, but she's also a director. She's done six different shows, including Black Lightning. So she's got some CW superhero shows experience under her belt. Yeah, I'm not terribly familiar with her. I think I've seen her in a couple things as an actress, uh, but cool to see someone. I know she's done Black Lightning, but really most of the stuff she's directed a lot of action and other stuff, but nothing nothing else in the superhero world. So it's always cool to see different directors with different perspectives uh, come in and, and take a look at Superman. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into this episode, number 14, The Eradicator. So the description we've got is Lois is worried about Jordan as he and Sarah continue to grow closer. Meanwhile, Clark pays Lana a visit. And lastly, Jonathan has been spending more and more time with John Henry. I feel like this, that... This is good because it doesn't have a lot of spoilers, but that that leaves out a bulk of what this episode really is about. I mean, that's a pretty good description (laughs) of the first 10 minutes of the episode, I would say. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, there's a little bit more to it. So directed by Alexandra LaRoche and written by Max Cunningham and Brent Fletcher. What did you you think of this episode as we're gearing up towards the finale? I think this was a a pretty good almost last episode. So this, I, I think I've harped on just a little bit that some of the last few episodes have felt like they could have been a finale and a different show or if they had decided to go in a different direction and by that i meant they were trying to wrap things up a little too quickly i I thought the pacing in this episode was was better and was setting up you know the final epic conclusion uh, a lot better i think they they paced things really well in this episode and I, i thought this was a really good one and there was a lot of interpersonal moments between some characters and some that we haven't gotten to see quite as much so i i really enjoyed quite a bit of this episode yeah, it started, last episode before the mini was a slow character-focused episode, and that one kind of started here too. Mm-hmm. And then the last half to third of the episode really started ramping up and started leading towards the end game of uh, whatever Tal's final. Yeah, and I think if maybe some people who want to see more action would probably have something here, and if people want to see more interaction between the characters, they have something here. There's a, there's a lot for everybody in this episode, I feel like. Right, it does balance the does a better better job of balancing. The last episode was character, and but before that had been action plot heavy, I should say. And yeah. So let's get into it. So the episode picks up right where we left off at the last episode. Edge is on the other side of the sun, uh, becoming the Eradicator, while he hears voices in his head, and we see flashbacks of his life. I, I don't think any of that was new stuff. I think it's all stuff we've seen on the show already, which makes sense. I don't think they need to shoot any new footage for that. I guess a friendly reminder to have the quick flashes of, hey, remember this guy went through this stuff? Yeah. And they they, they had time for it because this was a really short episode. Yeah. Just just a hair over 40, just a few seconds over 40 minutes. So the shortest episode of the show so far. But it, it goes straight from that to we get, we get text on the screen. It's been three weeks. So three weeks later, and John's been spending a lot of time with irons, working on the hammer and different weapons and stuff. Uh, Jordan's been hanging out with Sarah. Lana's having an open house. And stores are going out of business. So lots of fallout from uh, the events that we saw happen in the last three weeks. And it, it's kind of nice that we had this little break in between and there's a, almost an equal break in the show. It, it makes it feel uh, makes it feel like it fits in better. Yeah, I like that we touched on, they touched on what is going on, 
Smallville, the town of Smallville, that was a big emphasis early in the season. And they kind of went away with it for a while as Tal's plan became the priority. So it was, I was glad they kind of get into, oh yeah, this town was having trouble. It looks like it had a slight rebound when Morgan Edge moved in. But then when he revealed himself as Tal and uh, started destroying lots of things, that was actually bad. And the DOD coming in was bad for Bad for business in Smallville, go figure. Uh, what do you think of this whole whatever's going on with John and the other John? Yeah, I, I thought this was pretty cool. I It gave John some more to do. And I think, I think it is setting his character up to maybe he is going to be a hero in his own right. In the same way that Irons is, where he is not superpowered, but he has some almost superpowered tech that he can use to, to help out in a fight or to help out. Um, that being said, I, I don't want them to go get too far away from, I, I really did like the fact that he kind of mirrored, he was almost a younger version of Lois and a lot of what he did and aspired to be, uh, was following in her footsteps. And she is, she's obviously not a superhero going out and fighting with weapons. She's a, a superhero going out and fighting with, you know, written word and her determination and everything. So I, I hope they balance that well. I, I don't know how much more Bully Park's john henry we're gonna have uh in future seasons so i i think he's still gonna come back and be emulating his mom a lot yeah i'm not entirely sure where they're going with it but they they're definitely planting that seed that he's taking an interest in that and of course john henry is like everyone else in the world just doesn't like john (laughs) shuts him down for whatever reason um the the conversation between john and clark was interesting because he was talking about how he wanted to be prepared and all that which mm-hmm. is understandable and clark said he was making sense uh, but the flip, flip side to that is he is a 14 year old kid who enjoys day drinking and yeah. is that really uh should he really be helping develop and use advanced weapons uh for an intergalactic war yeah that i'm glad you bring that up because that is that's one of the issues that i think is more apparent in this episode than any of the others but it, it's something that has been kind of nagging at me is that they treat the boys almost like college students, maybe like college age or like just 20 somethings where it's really easy to forget that they're freshmen in high school, right? Or freshmen or sophomore, but they're 14 years old. So they, I don't think a lot of the story and a lot of their interactions and stuff don't seem to line up exactly with, with their age, but that's to be expected in these sorts of TV shows. But yeah, that, that is probably the most blatant, um, kind of example of it in this episode like you said where he is in one scene he's the party drunk 14 year old teen and the other scene he is working on these giant weapons that can kill a bunch of people yeah it's tough to to balance especially at the very real world approach this show is is trying to take and i was surprised that clark was so uh receptive to john working on weapons but then we uh we go to see sam is of course mad there's this big article at the gazette uh that Chrissy had written, sort of exposing, calling it what, the, what she called the DOD being in, an, an occupying force. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, um, is there a reason the DOD had to set up shop in downtown <laughs> Smallville Main Street? And is um, is is there any reason to believe Smallville is as much of a target with Edge gone, with Tal gone, uh, or could they have just gone outside the town a little bit? I don't know. Sam chose that spot. Yeah, I mean, story-wise, there's a reason, but like you said, yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, especially because the the 
whole reason they're giving for still being there is that they need to get the stuff out of the mines. But as far as I can tell, the mines are not in downtown Smallville. So yeah, it was it's kind of a little bit forced that he's he's still there. Um, but it does lead to him being, like you said, pretty upset. And he's been, he's been in a pretty tough position because he has a town meeting later in the day where he's going to have to answer for the things that she put in the paper. Not at all. Uh, so we didn't see Clark go to Lana's open house. And she's been avoiding him because she's sad that she's leaving and that she's not going to get to see him anymore. But Clark tries to convince her to stay. So this will be kind of a recurring thing in this episode of different people from different parts of the Cushing's life will try to give them a pitch of why they should stay in smallville i guess we could we could go over all that now Mm -hmm. the um the cushing's threatening to leave or or heavily considering leaving putting their their house up for sale uh i thought it was really funny when sarah sarah basically just laughed at it yeah (laughs) we're not going anywhere because that's kind of how i felt um from the outside looking in but in universe it is definitely something they should consider um it's cool to see clark and lana have a scene i know they say they're best friends but We haven't always felt that, and I think the show's been trying to to juggle. They had romantic history and don't want to hint that anything's there still, but and they've struggled to find that balance so far of letting them be friends. Um, so they've kind of avoided it. But it was nice to see them get to share a scene. And but I will say, Clark. So Clark moved to Metropolis from Smallville when he thought it was best for him. Right. And then he moved from Metropolis to Smallville when he thought it was best for his family. And now he is telling Lana not to move from Smallville, even though she thinks it's best for her family. Yeah, it is. It's been interesting. And he does try to explain a bit that he he sees their situations as different. And he really does think that them staying is is best for their family. But overall, I really did enjoy this scene. Like you said, we haven't gotten a lot of them, of their friendship together. Um, And it's it's tough to to put that into into these episodes. But this was I, I really enjoyed this scene. Yeah, but Clark kind of talking Lana into maybe staying, and then Tamara talking to Kyle mm-hmm. at the, uh, about maybe he should stay or, or hinting that way. Yep. Yeah, kind of kind of seems like they're they're getting talked into staying. Yeah, and Tamara, we get more information about what sort of fire chief Kyle was. We've we've seen him battling fires and stuff, but we didn't get a, a whole lot of him on the job actually. Um, but it seems like he he was a pretty good guy and did his job well which we've heard before but it's it's nice to see it coming from another character as well um but yeah and kyle and lana do a, a lot of talking especially after kyle's talked to tamara at the, the fire station um and I, it seems like they've decided that they should stay in smallville after all but uh that can't last very long because immediately as they as they decide upon that he gets the call that he's gotten the job as the fire chief two hours away in bristol county right which uh so now it looks like they are moving. Yeah, but Sarah is obviously really bad about it, and she she doles out the blame in equal doses to both of her parents because Lana tries to defend Kyle and say, you know, it's not all his fault, and she's like, yeah, I know it's not all his, his fault. It's your fault too. Uh, but yeah, yeah. it's the storyline's juggling a lot here because Kyle, especially, was very you know he took he took Clark to task for leaving Smallville in the first episode, and now he's he's considering doing the same. So there, there's obviously a lot going on there and how much of Sarah being upset is her town, you know, her this is her family, this is her town picking up and moving away from all her friends and everything and Jordan, whatever's going on with Jordan. Um, so there's a lot to, to go on. So I kind of understand where everyone's going coming from here. Yeah, there's a whole lot to, to juggle, but they are doing they're doing really well. And I I have praised it before, but I I'm liking the the Cushing storyline and watching their family even absent of 
any of the Kents. I, I'm liking a lot more in this season than I thought I would. Yeah, agreed. So, uh, but going back to, to where we were in the episode, Chrissy has gotten an offer from a, a multinational conglomerate to sell the paper, and she doesn't have a choice because the the paper is going broke. We don't we don't get the name. Um, I'm guessing it either doesn't matter or it's going to be revealed to be maybe Luther or something. Um, but my guess is we're probably just not going to hear, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I'd be surprised if she does ultimately sell it. Right. But has Lois written an article yet? I don't know. I think she... Don't, she are we sure? She shows up and Chrissy is there working and Lois shows up and says something every now and then. <laughs> they have a disagreement. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know how one story every... We don't know how much time has passed, but one story every several months. I don't know if that's yeah. going to keep the paper afloat. I think Lois might just need to start a Patreon or something. Yeah. Investigate her own stories. It seems a little shady that anybody would want to buy it because it seems like it's not worth a whole lot and it's doing really terribly. So that was the only thing I was wondering is if it's something, but I think it's just to put some pressure on. There could be something, you know, you could be right about that, or it could just be, like she said, a big company that's trying to consolidate all the small town papers and get them subscribed to some online service or something like that. We, you know, we've seen things like that happen. In- yeah. Um, but Morgan Edge, he is completely the eradicator now. Uh, he's done sucking up sun energy. Yeah, that was a, we should point out, that was a, I think a cool visual, a little weird hearing all the voices, but I guess that makes for the Eradicator. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the, the special effects in that were, was really cool. And I, I liked the design in his face where you could see all of the, the different lines kind of coming out and the different eye color and everything. I, I think they did a pretty good job with that. Uh, but then we see Lois and Clark head to the town meeting. There's, there's lots of people there. Not very happy people. They're pretty mad. I, I do have to point out <laughs> that during the meeting... There's a guy sitting in the front row, and he has a dry erase board sign that just says "Stop Lying, DoD." And I don't think I've ever seen anybody with a dry erase board like at a protest or as a angry sign. But it's that's a really good idea. So maybe if you change your mind halfway through, you could erase it and put something on like "I like you now." Or if they say something else bad, you can like in real time update what you're mad about. So I, I thought it was a good idea to bring a dry erase board. Yeah, that guy caught my eye too for whatever reason. And I like to think he's just some, he just likes gatherings. He just saw a bunch of people gathering and wanted to join in. You could see something like that on Parks and Recreation. But he just like, he doesn't really care, but he wants to be included in the battle. And so he, he's just kind of hanging out and wants to, yeah, he's just like, he just likes gatherings. He doesn't really like, he doesn't have a strong opinion one way or other about the DOD. And he can change his mind, like you said. Right. <laughs> exactly. Meanwhile, the, the boys are hanging out at the cafe with Sarah and the football bros show up and invite just Jonathan and Jordan to a party. They intentionally leave Sarah out. Um, but yeah, this is where it, it was a little annoying to see. Like, I think this is supposed to be Jonathan being upset that Irons doesn't want to hang out with him anymore. And he tells him to go, he tells Jonathan to go take off and just be a normal kid. And I guess this is Jonathan's response to that, but it was a little annoying to see him flip so so viciously in such a short time yeah i don't know if he flipped um i mean he's shown he's willing to party yeah before so i guess they said it'd been a while so this isn't a regular thing um but back at the town hall people are asking lots of tough questions and chrissy steps up and asks where edge is and sam wants to avoid answering that but lois is always also up there with him and steps in and just tells the truth um, and so Sam has to kind of open up, up up about the fact that they don't know where Edge is and that it is dangerous and that's why they're still in Smallville. And Derek's pal 
Derek Powell's mom shows up. He was one of the original subjects we met. She shows up and says she has proof that the DOD has been lying. And it's a, a letter saying that her son's death is still under investigation, even though they know what Edge did and actually caused his death. Do you think they should have... I mean, the show hasn't really established what Superman's history is, how regular something like this is. We assume that you know people taking over other people's minds, aliens invading, all that kind of thing would be regular right. in a universe where Superman's been around for 20 years. But is this the first time something like that has happened? And they they don't want to create a panic because, I mean, can't they just say Tal Rowe is using right. stuff in, in Smallville and experimenting? I mean, can't they just say that? Uh, you would think that would be better than trying to keep it a secret. But But that's just assuming this town is used to those things, this universe is used to weird things happening uh, and Superman, people trying to kill Superman. Yeah. Maybe it's not. Maybe in this, it seems like it should be something they're used to, but I'm trying to think of all of the things that we know about this universe and this Superman, and we've seen him battle or like save a lot of industrial accidents or um, battle some non-superhero powered people. Like, I don't know. It's maybe they haven't seen these, these sorts of abilities yet. I mean, yeah, because we don't really know. I'm trying to think if since Crisis, <laughs> although the people in this universe know, probably know there was an anti-monitor and, and that happened. Uh, but putting that aside, in the, in, the, in the world of the show, have they mentioned a super powered villain at all that the, that the public knows about? I don't know. And, the, and this is something that they're probably trying to keep so they can change or they can, they don't write themselves into the corner by revealing too much. But also it, it doesn't really allow for us to have the context he's been around 20 years and this is this the first time something like this has happened it, it sure plays like it has or like it is the first time it's happened i should say um but morgan edge shows up at the dod and breaks out leslie lar and sam gets word at the town hall that he has to leave and so this kind of sets off the whole really big action-packed kind of second half of the episode and irons has tracked edge and lar to metropolis so superman irons and lois head there to help them um, but the boys are still at the party and Sam tries to call them and they just ignore the call and they say, oh, he'll call again. So <laughs> they spend some more time partying and Jonathan hangs out with Tegan. And we find out that she moved from Central City two years ago after her dad got sent to prison. So maybe this character is going to be more important or more interesting than I thought originally. I, I thought she was only going to be a couple episodes just to to be kind of a love interest for Jonathan and then not work out because she was just trying to use him. Well, I think last episode... And even and especially this one have hinted that there's more to Tegan than just what she seemed like at first in her first couple appearances. I do think she genuinely likes Jonathan or enjoys spending time with him. And yeah, she she was also trying to get information, which was probably crappy. But um, like she says, those things don't have to be mutually exclusive. And I don't know in terms of the Central City reference. I don't know if that's just a neat little Flash reference or yeah, the Flash put her dad in prison or <laughs> who knows what. Yeah, maybe we'll find out she had. Uh... A villain for her dad. Uh, but back in Metropolis, Edge has made four people into Kryptonians. And he, so he's got four more subjects and he can, it looks like they don't have to, he doesn't have to blast them or touch them or anything. Or maybe he's already done that off screen, but they just kind of fly up into the air with no warning. The dialogue at the beginning when Edge was floating at the sun said, you can create something of the effect of you can create more subjects just by the touch. Yeah. So if he did that, why didn't he, you know, you'd think he'd make more than four. <laughs> um, but, you know, maybe he's he's waiting because he knows next week's the finale and then he right. can make more then. Exactly. <laughs> uh, he sends those four off to destroy Metropolis. And they 
they give a very brief throwaway line that they're in Metropolis because they think it would be poetic to take down the town that Superman was protected for so long. So that's why we're in Metropolis. But I, I don't really need a reason. It's just cool to see everybody in Metropolis again. Yeah, I love I love seeing Metropolis. Uh, unfortunately, it is to see it get destroyed <laughs> in some uh, some nine eleven type imagery there. But um, you know, sometimes Metropolis can just be a happy, nice place. It could do that, right? All right. I guess not as compelling of a of a drama that way. Probably not. Uh, Superman goes and fights them while Irons takes on Lar. Uh, there was a, a funny line when he gets hit by her, and then a second later, his computer warns him that Leslie Lar is coming for him, and he says, "Telling me after it doesn't help." I chuckled. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but one of the one of the new Kryptonians shows up to help Lar against Irons. Um, but while this is going on, Lois goes up on the roof to to tell the news. She's there's a camera woman up there. Uh, but it it mirrors almost exactly the the shot that we saw on Irons' Earth. That was her producer, yeah, wasn't it from mm-hmm. uh, the flashback episode? Yeah, when she interviewed Superman for the so yeah. that was cool. Cool to see her. We also saw Foswell. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was cool, cool. The show has done a pretty good job of bringing characters back and, and a lot of other small smallville characters and stuff. So that was nice to see them reused. And it's nice to see Lois kind of step up. She doesn't work for the company anymore, but she wants to get the news out there and help as much as she can. It did It did point out just a little bit how worthless the Metropolis PD is because all the police are just standing there. And so Lois literally has to steal a bullhorn to tell people to run away from all of these people trying to kill them or the police are just standing yeah. there and staring but you know yeah i i don't mind seeing lois take charge so it was, it was cool to see that oh well in the in the metropolis pd defense i guess like what do you do right like, yeah throwing people through buildings is it safer to go inside or is it safer to be outside and i mean what's is there a right answer when superpowered people are running through buildings i don't know good point um but yeah so like i said mirroring that shot almost exactly from iron's earth where we saw her be killed uh, she's up on the roof and Leslie Lar kind of floats out of nowhere, comes up and she's just about to kill Lois with her, her heat vision, but Iron's hammer comes at the last second and saves her. So it it was it was pretty awesome to see Irons get to save this version of Lois Lane at least, um, to actually succeed in that where he had to just watch his wife die on his planet. So I guess the difference between the two universes is that John Irons has more experience. Yeah. More experience than a well, he wasn't even done with his suit at that point on his Earth, right? Sure. Right. He's made some advancements since then. Yeah. Obviously. Definitely. Um, but Superman rounds up the last of the new subjects, the Kryptonians, and he and Irons try to attack Edge, but they can't. They just get blown back and Edge is gone when they, they come to. He's he's disappeared. And then so in the aftermath of all this, they're rounding everybody up, putting them in trucks and everything. And they're, Superman, Irons, and Lois are just kind of standing there speculating about what's going to happen in the finale. And Leslie Lar gets to stand there and talk to them too. And so she explains to them that Edge has left to go make more subjects. So again, kind of interesting that he only made four here, but he's going to go make a bunch more. But uh, we'll see where that went, where that takes us in the finale. Yeah, he, I don't know. He wanted to do it. He wanted to see if he's kind of lazy. He wanted to see if the Eradicator wanted to see if four could do the trick. Right. And didn't. So he needs to go back and try more. I guess that's it. Uh, but yeah, this, this leads to the pretty tense. Um, final portion of the episode so edge jumps in front of sam's car because sam has come to the party himself personally and picked up jonathan and jordan and sarah um makes a big scene and yells at some drunk teenagers yeah one of the best lines 
of the series so far? Do I look like someone who gives classified intel to drunk teenagers? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I, I, you know, I see Sam being an antagonist a lot, but he also does bring up good points early in the episode. He said Lois accused him of trying to protect the world at the expense of her family. Yeah. And now he's kind of being accused of doing the opposite. So I don't agree with everything Sam Lane's done. I don't think he's a perfect character or anything like that, but he is in a tough spot juggling mm-hmm. the world and also his family. Yeah, his character has ended up a little bit different than I, I thought that direction they were taking at the beginning. I thought they were going to make him almost completely bad and super distrustful of Superman with, you know, Project 7734 and all the weapons and everything. But I he's been a lot more nuanced of a character than I thought they were they were going to. So I've, I've liked what they've done with him. So Edge, Edge jumps in front of the, the car that's got all the four of them in there and makes it flip over. Um, and they're hurt. I think Sam is pretty hurt. We don't know how hurt he is, but he seems pretty hurt. Um, but so Jonathan is basically trying to take care of everything. His ELT has fallen out, but he he's able to get to the front and grab a kryptonite pistol that Sam just has in his car with him at all times. And Edge flies away just as soon as he shoots. So I don't think he hit him. But as he's flown away, he takes Jordan with him. Um, but yeah, like I said, Sam's hurt and Jonathan sends Sarah away um, and gets his ELT. So Superman's able to show up without Sarah finding out everything. But I think she probably is going to have some big questions after this little incident if she is not too much in shock to to forget it all. Yeah. So the Tal Radicator, Tal Radicator, whatever we call him. Yeah. Uh, the first time I was wondering why he was just standing there, but I thought on second watch, I thought it was smart because he was waiting for John to shoot the kryptonite right. so he could evade it and then he could attack them. So they obviously should have just sat in the car with kryptonite and he wouldn't have been able to do anything except wasn't it established... He broke out because when he became the Eradicator, it was no longer, yes. it was no longer <laughs> effective against him. Yeah, that's. I don't know if that's just maybe a small plot hole or if he was just toying with them. And yeah, it, it yeah, was it never going to do anything to him anyways. Um, but we see Superman searching for Jordan and he's not able to find him. And it, I think Tyler Hecklin puts in some pretty good acting here as a, a distressed father. Yeah, and then him relaying that information to Lois and seeing like the horror of realizing your kid is not just having a fun little fishing trip with his yeah. uncle, but <laughs> abducted and who knows what is happening happening to him. And so what is happening to him is Edge has taken Jordan away and he starts blasting him with his powers, basically, uh, his eradicatorness. And when Jordan comes to, he speaks and he's got his father's voice. He's got Tal Ro's father's voice, which cannot Zeta? Zeta, Zeta Row. Um, So that is the end of the episode, and we are all set up for the finale. Yeah. Just a a few other thoughts I had uh, written down. The superheroing, we've talked all season about how superheroing seems really powerful in the show, and then it's not when he doesn't do the job when he needs it the most. So, I don't know. It's not a big deal. Um, But there were were a couple of things in that episode that I don't really need to get into, but that kind of varying degrees of power of the superpowers that kind of work. It happens in any superhero thing, but they work when you need them to. They don't when they can't. So it's just frustrating. That one's just minor nitpick because we've seen it kind of solve so many problems all season long. Mm-hmm. And then here, when they try it, it can't. Um, but that's a minor thing. Also, a lot of 14-year-olds just day drinking yep. without consequences on the regular. Uh, just thought I'd point that out. Uh, and again, not knowing the difference between Smallville and Metropolis, Lois was at the town hall. And then was on the news of Metropolis and everybody in Smallville saw it. Right. So we don't know how much time passed, obviously. That could have been a while. 
and Smallville and Metropolis could be very close, but I just thought that was maybe dangerous of Lois to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if somebody she could, I guess she could say she went with Superman, right? But then there's questions: Why would Superman stop in Smallville and not be go straight to Metropolis? Right? Why would he stop in Smallville just to pick up Lois Lane? Yeah. But other than that, uh, yeah, it looks like it should be an action-packed finale. Is there anything uh, else you thought of this episode? Just like I mentioned at the beginning, I'll just say it again, that I think this set them up very well for the finale. This was a very good uh, pre-finale episode. A lot of a really good balance of family moments, interpersonal moments, uh, action moments, and setting up a big enough threat uh, that they need to resolve in the last episode. So I, I'm very happy with this one. Yeah. All right. Well, that is the time to jump off if you don't want to hear any talk about the finale, any speculation or anything like that. Uh, but next episode, the final of season one, Last Sons of Krypton, the CW released like a, a minute plus trailer, basically extended promo. Um, any thoughts on that? Uh, the first thing that jumps out to me and is very interesting is that at least in this minute, I don't think we ever see Jordan look like he's still controlled by Zeta Rowe. It seems like he has full control over his faculties and everything. We hear him talking with his normal voice. He has his normal looking eyes. He appears to just be kind of looking around looking for his dad and trying to to get out so i I wonder if he i don't know i wonder what's going on there but again it's only a minute out of 40 so right uh not sure is he still early in the eradicator process or is he fighting back or right uh, who knows because if they set up a father versus son battle battling his teenage son that could be weird uh yeah uh, we'll, we'll see what they they do with it um and then the other big thing from that that kind of jumped out at me was Lois and Leslie Lahr having a, a showdown kind of one-on-one in the DoD. It, it looks like they're just, she's not even in a cell or anything. She's just in a hallway. And supposedly she probably still has her powers and would want to kill Lois. So I, I don't know what has happened to, to get them into that situation or what exactly is going on. But it seems like something wrong, something bad has happened if they're, if they're there together by themselves. Well, she was taken away by the DoD, I think, at the the end of the episode i don't know if it was if they had like kryptonite cuffs on handcuffs on or what i wasn't i didn't yeah. catch that uh, so maybe that's still the case might be but yeah anything you're hoping for to see in the finale you want to see wrapped up or or anything like that yeah i i don't know exactly i'm a little split on what i want to see because you mentioned already it would be a little weird to see the father son kind of battle between jordan and clark but at the same time i think that would be fairly interesting and to see Clark really struggle with, you know, it's not really his son who's controlling it, but having to try to stop him without hurting him um, and walking that fine line. I think that would be an interesting thing to see. I, I don't know what's going to happen with Tal. I, I don't think we're way past <clears throat> redemption at this point. So I don't know if he's going to blow up because he's he has too much eradicator energy in him or something like that. But I think Leslie Larb might be around a bit longer so i think she might end up being the one who survives and maybe escapes at the end yeah uh yeah i don't know i i don't know i think they're they're trying to hint that there's zeta is the real bad guy and not tal but they both seem pretty awful right for, for everything we've seen so far so i'm not i'm not sure where they'll go with that and, um yeah i don't i don't know are you you hoping for a i assume they're gonna wrap up this main story but are you hoping for a cliffhanger or a tease for season two or anything like that i'm normally not a huge fan of cliffhangers especially when you have to wait for so long i i mean i wouldn't be super upset with it but i i really like at the end of the season when everything is wrapped up and seems normal and we get you know 
five five or seven minutes at the end of the episode to kind of come down from what everything that's happened in the final battle and everything and we get to see things go a bit back to normal hopefully we see the cushings decide that they are going to say in smallville i i I think it can work either way if with a cliffhanger or anything like that but you can do it lots of different ways but i think i'd like to see everything with how you know that storyline ended and maybe a hint maybe you could do like a stinger yeah that shows a hint towards next season and i better not speculate or i'll just get my hopes up of like a brainiac ship <laughs> right brainiac skull yeah. ship slowly moving towards earth or lex luther mongol trying to abduct superman or something like that so i'm just not going to speculate on anything like that because i just get my hopes up too high <laughs> um but yeah looking forward to the finale and, and seeing how they wrap up season one you too all right thanks for listening and we'll be back soon